0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And so it it may have seemed just like a little thing for him to be in that place to hear Dr. Martin Luther King speak. But it changed the whole course of his life. And even though he made all that money, he was willing to give most of all of his wealth away you know, to people that really needed it, to foundations that he felt like were doing something with that money. And so I thought that was really interesting that how we may not think, realize it, but just a little thing, just a little bit of something that somebody may hear that you do could change someone else's life. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good evening, and I want to welcome you again to this evening service. And we want to thank you for just joining us on the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Reverend James Richardson, and I'm excited to be with you this evening. And tonight, I want to share with you a word that I shared before, and I want to share with you part two. Part two of the word, the little things The topic is the little things, but this is part two. And I want to share with you tonight, uh, finish up now, um, and hopefully we'll be able to finish up tonight on this particular message. Listen, the the last time, just want to kind of catch you up on everything. We were talking about the little things. It's the little things in life that make a big difference, you know, and even we talked about how, you know, in, in life, a lot of times there are little things that we do. There's, there's even little things that are sin and things like that that can happen in our lives. And the little things can really even ruin your life or they can be a blessing to your life. You understand? We talked about how that that yeast or that leaven that Jesus talked about in the Bible. He said a little leaven can leaven the whole lump. And what happens a lot of times when a woman, the, Jesus talked about a woman who was making, getting ready to make some bread. And what she did was she took a whole bunch of flour, but she took a little bit of leaven or yeast and she put it in the in the flour. And then the the yeast took over the flour. It took it over completely and it, it just ran all through it. And so yeast is a very powerful agent that that just takes over anything that you put it in. And so uh, Jesus shared this this uh this passage with his disciples and he was warning them, letting them know. He said, listen, be careful of the yeast or the teachings of the Pharisees, because if you allow that teaching on that, that hip- hypocritical teaching of the Pharisees to get in your life, it's going to ruin your life. And so we talked about that last time and we talked about several examples of just little things that we do in life as we go through life. And those little things that we do e- either can have a positive or a negative effect on our lives. But tonight, As we continue, I want to talk about the little things part two. And I want to talk about uh, a little bit about the story of Joseph, Joseph. I love the story of Joseph because we can learn so many lessons from it. I mean, I've learned so many valuable lessons from Joseph's story about what he went through. And so here in Genesis chapter 37, uh, starting with verses three and four, we want to read just a little small passage about something that uh, happened in Joseph's life. And here it says Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph uh, had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because of their f- their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. And so here in this passage Jacob had this special coat made for Joseph it was like a robe it was a coat that he had made for Joseph and his brothers you know when they saw it they were so jealous and so angry because they were like he loves him more than he loves us and he's had this special coat made and so you know a lot of times we we hear about a coat the coat of many colors but I did some research I wanted to find out a little bit more about this robe that Jacob had made for his son and so I started looking up some information about this particular coat or this robe that J- that Jacob had made for his son. And so as I looked it up, I found out if we want to compare his coat to his brother's coats, uh, these coats or cloaks were used to keep warm, to carry belongings, and they even served as security for a loan. So they could these coats that they had could they used them to keep warm. They used them to uh, carry things in them, and they also used them. They could also serve as a, sec- a security for a loan. Most, most are reportedly ha- have, have been po- reported to have been very plain and they came about about down to the knee. So they were multifunctional, but these their coats, the their coats that his brothers had came down about to, his, to their knees. But in contrast, the coat that Jacob had made for his son Joseph, it came down to the ankles and this coat was a coat of many colors it was a beautiful it was a beautiful coat now listen i looked up that coat and i said i wanted to find out everything i could about this coat of many colors and i found out that this coat that jacob had made for joseph was representative of kingdomship because only kings wore robes that came down to the ankle so what was jacob saying to joseph when he gave him this coat prophetically joseph i mean jacob was saying to joseph that you have a bright future that there is kingdomship in your blood that this god was saying to him that he's going to do something great in your life and i believe that even for us as as god's children god is saying listen i've given you a coat of many colors, and there's great things that that I'm declaring that are, that are going to happen in your life. Just like Jacob was saying to his son Joseph, great things are in store for you. But the thing of the thing that happened is is that he didn't tell him that you were gonna he was gonna have to go through you know, all these different things, all these different trials and tests and and all these things that happen to him. He and he won't tell you that all the time. So when God gives you a prophetic word or tells you that great things are coming for your life, he don't tell you that, hey, to get there, you're going to have to go through some persecution. And we don't we don't expect those things to happen, but they do happen a lot of times. So, you know, but but at the end of the day, Joseph was, was destined for royalty. God had already shown him in a dream when he was 17 years old that he was going to rule over his brothers. He was going to rule over his mother and his father. He was going to be this great ruler, but he, he showed him that so many years before it even happened in his life, which lets us know that God really does have a plan for us. And, and that little coat may, may have seemed just like a little thing. That, that that his father was doing for him, but it had a, a big representation. It, rep- it rep- represented something great that God was doing in his life. And even at that time when, when God had shown him the dream and Jacob had given him that coat, the brothers envied him. They were jealous of him. And so I just wanted to say to you that you have to be careful of those that are around you. You have to be careful of the company that you keep but there, because there are some who might be jealous of you. They might be jealous of what you have. They might be jealous of the anointing that's on your life. See, that they the Jacob's Joseph's coat represented his anointing. And sometimes people can see that coat on you. They can see that coat of many colors on you. It's an anointing on your life. And, and many times they'll try to tear you down, try to tear your dream now try to tell you that it's not going to happen for you but you have to just believe in yourself so what happened joseph's brothers betrayed him they hated him so much that they sold him into slavery And he ended up being uh, working at uh, Potiphar's house. He sold him to he was sold to this man named Potiphar. And Potiphar was a very wealthy man. And Joseph uh, came to his house and he began to work for him as a slave. But the one thing that I thought was a little thing, but people don't because people don't really pay attention to it, is that even at Potiphar's house, Joseph still had favor and he rose to the top even at Potiphar's house he came he served well and Potiphar said there's nothing in my house that you won't be able to be over except for my wife I've put you in charge of everything in my house I trust you and he left him in charge of everything in his house so even in a place of slavery Joseph still had the favor of God so if you may seem like the place where you are right now may may not be a favorable place it may be you may be you may be discouraged and thinking man I'm I'm at this particular job I don't like it here or I'm, I'm here. I'm serving here. I'm, I'm there or wherever it is that you're at. You may seem like, man, I, I just don't like it here. Things are not good for me here. But if you just just keep the right attitude like Joseph did and serve anyway and do your best anyway, you will rise to the top because God's favor is on your life. But then that particular time ended. Potiphar's wife tried to she wanted Joseph so bad that she lied on him, you know, and she said he tried to he tried to rape me, he tried to take take advantage of me. And And, and so he ended up being thrown into prison. And you would have thought that, man, Joseph now is in prison now, he's going to be down. First of all, he he was betrayed by his brothers. Second of all, he was, he was sold into slavery, he's working at Potiphar's house, then somebody lied on him. And then he got thrown into prison because of somebody that, that lied on him. Now he's in prison. You would think that at this point, Joseph would be discouraged and say, I'm just tired of this, I'm ready to give up. Sometimes we feel like that. We feel like I've just gone through too much. I went. I, I, this, this happened to me, this person lied on me. That my my, my, you know, some of my relatives turned their backs on me. Nothing have, has, has gone right for me. But even in that time when he was thrown into prison, some have been in prison, yourselves, you've been in prison at some point in time, and you're like, man, my life has just been a wreck. But even in prison, Joseph he rose to the top again he was he had favor with the prison guard and with the with the warden over the prison and he was able to they put him in charge even while he was in prison so because of his attitude because he didn't let his circumstances get him down he rose to the top even in that situation and it may have seemed Again, like a little thing, but God was with Joseph the whole time. He he because he had the right attitude. And eventually he went from the went from being a slave from the prison to being second in command over Egypt under Pharaoh. And so he 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 stayed. He 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 kept his he kept the right attitude the whole time. And God blessed him. And it made it seem like. That diligence that Joseph had in his heart may have seemed like a little thing, but that little diligence went a long way for Joseph. It went a long way for him. And so I just wanted to share that with you. Now, the other day, I wanted to share something with you. I was, me and my, my wife and I were watching a documentary that came on, and it was a it was the Warren Buffett story. For those who, of you that don't know who he is, he's, he's one of the richest uh, men in the world. Now, I didn't know anything about him. But we were watching his story on uh, HBO, and it was something that seemed like a very little thing. See, Warren Buffett's wife in the documentary said she was uh, a part of the Civil Rights Movement. She had joined the Civil Rights Movement, and so she she really wanted Warren to be a part of it, but you know, Warren was busy always trying to figure out a way to make money and all that type of stuff, but she still got him to be interested interested in it. And she invited him one time to hear Dr. Martin Luther King speak. And he heard Dr. Martin Luther King speak that uh, the I have a dream speech. And he said it impacted him so much that he changed his whole way of thinking. And so the documentary talked about how he made all this money. But do do you know at the uh, later on in life that he gave almost all of his wealth away to uh, several foundations? But he said it was that one little time back when he his wife had an influence on him and he heard, he heard Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech. And it, it changed everything of how he was thinking. And so it, it may have seemed just like a little thing for him to be in that place to hear Dr. Martin Luther King speak. But it changed the whole course of his life. And even though he made all that money, he was willing to give most of all of his wealth away You know to people that really needed it to foundations that he felt like were doing something with that money and so i thought that was really interesting that how we may not think realize it but just a little thing just a little bit of something that somebody may hear that you do could change someone else's life and so i really thought that was very very powerful that he did that now Uh, I want to talk today even the the more about little things. You you know, you know, a lot of times I like to take, uh, you know, I like to take baths and stuff like that. And I noticed that a little thing, you can just put a little bit of bubble bath in your water while it's running, and that thing creates a whole bunch of suds. Isn't that amazing? Just a little bit of something, just a little bit of of, a bubble bath creates a whole lot of soap. So it doesn't take a whole lot of, of anything to make something big. You can take a little bit of something, but if it's very powerful, it can create something great in your life. And you may think that the gift that God has put in your life or the thing that God has called you to do, it may just seem like a little thing. But guess what? That little thing that God has given you can turn into something very big and very great. Now, the Bible speaks a lot about little things. And I want to go over some of the verses and, uh, that talks about something that is little. And maybe some of them may be things that that you not you have to avoid. And there, there are some things that you have to actually do for God to bless you. And so these are some little things in the in the word of God that I saw. And I was like, I want to go over these verses. The first uh, verse comes from first Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 and it says here and the God of all grace who called called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast so here It says after you have suffered a little while, sometimes in life, my friends, we have to suffer a little while, but it's for a good reason. Sometimes we have to go through some tests. We have to go through some trials. But God said here, he said, after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, number one, and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So sometimes in order for God to be able to restore us, to make us firm, to make us steadfast, we have to go through a little bit of suffering. And I know we don't like to hear that word, but sometimes it's necessary for us, for God to be able to strengthen us. So through your trials and through the tests that you go through, God, remember, he's making you strong. He's making you steadfast. He's making you firm. He's trying to make your foundation firm. So we go through things sometimes. But my friend, the good news is that through through it all, God's going to make you strong. He's going to make you steadfast. He's going to make you firm. You understand what I'm saying? And he's going to restore you. You feel like you've been broken. God said, I'll restore you. But sometimes you have to go through something. And so uh, the next verse is from Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 11. And it says this. It says dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It says dishonest money just dwindles away, it goes away when you get money dishonestly. But it says whoever gathers little by little makes it grow. So when you're gathering, when you're building up your money, when you're building up your finances little by little by honest gain, it's it's gonna grow. That's what God's giving you a principle on how to grow your money. He said, do it the legal way but just do it. And little by little, you may think that little $10 that you're putting away, that $20 or whatever you're saving, just little by little, if you take a little bit of your finances and you put it to the side, after a while, you'll have enough to be able to do something great with it, to be able to invest. You don't want to just have your money just sitting in the bank. You want to be able to do something with your money. So that that uh, legal money that you're making, he says, uh, when you're gathering little by little, it's going to add up to something great. So don't be discouraged if you if you if you're thinking like man I've been over here saving this money or putting this money to the side it's it's still haven't added up to anything just keep doing what you're doing little by little it's going to add up for you now Proverbs six verse nine through eleven says this it says how long wilt thou sleep O sluggard when wilt thou arise out of thy sleep yet a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. It says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and poverty is going to come on you like a like like one that travaileth and as an armed man. So what happens is we think, you know, as, as you go through life, you know, you, you don't want to be too casual. Just always, you know, a little sleep, a little slumber. You always just sitting by the side, not doing anything. He's talking about somebody that's a slugger, somebody that's, that, that's not out here trying to be a go getter. If you sit around all the time, just waiting on your ship to come in, nothing's going to happen. A little sleep, a little slumber. And then next thing you know, you're going to be in want. And see, God doesn't want us to be in want. So he said, we got to be careful, not to just a little bit of sleep, a little bit of slumber, always just being lazy, always not getting out here to to go after what your dream is. But by the time you continue to just keep doing this, time is going to pass you by and then you're going to be in want. God did not design you, us as his children. You or me to be in want. But God wants us to be. He wants us to thrive. He wants, wants us to have the best but in order to have that, we gotta go out and we gotta make it happen. We gotta get up in the, you gotta get up in the morning. You gotta get out there and you gotta you gotta go after your dream. You gotta go after to to make money and do whatever it is you need to do. And so we gotta put a little time in. We gotta work. Some, you know, a little hard work has never hurt anybody. It's good to come home at the end of the day and feel tired and, and know that hey, I'm tired today, but hey, I made some money. I I made I made my income. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it takes it takes some work, but it's okay because you don't want to just be sitting by the outside always having to call somebody to rescue you, you know hey can you can you, you know you know you you calling people all the time we be calling people on the phone can you loan me something hey can you give me a little something can you help me out you know always having to do that no god bless the child that's got his own now that's not in the bible but think. but you know i heard my grandmother and great grandmothers them say say that all the time god bless the child that got his own and god has blessed you you understand what i'm saying so he blesses us when we go out and we just and we and we make it happen we're thriving we're working we're out here doing what we got to do to to, to just uh, make, you know, get the things that we, we want to have and make ends meet. And we want, we don't want to just make ends meet. We want to thrive. We want to have an abundance and overflow where we can be a blessing to other people. But you're not going to get that if you're always sleeping and sitting around playing video games, you know what I'm saying, uh, doing stuff all day that's not productive. You want to be productive and, and so that you can have the things that God wants you to have and be able to be a blessing to other people. And so um, I want to share with you Three final things that may seem little, but are very powerful. They can make a big impact on your life or someone else's. The first thing I want to share with you, and and of course, I'm not saying these things are little, but I'm saying just a little bit of it can change your life. The first thing is prayer. Prayer. Just spending a little time with God can change your life. You know, uh, you we should just take that time out every day just to spend, you know, whatever it is for you, 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, just a little time with God can change your life. Because a lot of times we're we're looking and we're searching for all kinds of answers to the questions in our lives and and we're going to every source. But God says, I'm the source that you need in your life. And spending just that time with God, even if it's just a little prayer. Prayer is a very powerful tool. You know, it's so funny how sometimes when you hear people talk about uh, you know, prayer, they just say, Well, you know, I guess I guess I'll pray for them or whatever. And they act like prayer is some kind of casual thing. Prayer is not a casual thing, prayer is Really does change things. Jesus didn't do anything without praying. Jesus took plenty of time to, to, uh, you know, go to the side by himself and pray before he did a lot of different things. Before he did some of his greatest miracles, Jesus prayed to the Father. So what makes us think that we don't have to pray that we can just handle everything that's going on in life? No, God is saying, I want you to spend some time with me. I wanna get close to you. I wanna get closer to you. See, sometimes you can fight with things in your life that you're trying to get to come off of your life, some type of weights and sins in your life that you're trying to get to fall off and you've been fighting on your own for so long and God is saying, listen, can you just come to me, my child? Because the Bible says that God is is a consuming fire. So guess what happens? The closer that you get to God, Because he is a consuming fire, All of that stuff in your life that you couldn't get rid of will begin to melt away. It will burn off because God is a consuming fire. The only reason that God spoke to Moses when he was at the burning bush is because the Bible says that when he saw the bush that burned but was not consumed, the Bible says that Moses said, let me turn aside and see the mystery of the burning bush. So when Moses turned aside, that's when the Lord spoke to him. So we have to turn aside in prayer so that God can speak to us. But if you don't turn aside, he can't speak to you. Moses was willing to turn aside and see what it was that God was trying to uh, show him. And when he turned aside, that's when God gave him his assignment. That's when he began to understand what his destiny is. He was not just called to be a sheep herder for his father-in-law, but he was called to go back and set his people free. That's when Moses Figured out and found out what his destiny is. So prayer, when we turn aside and turn aside and spend time with God, just a little time, and it may start out with just a little time, but as you continue to do it, it'll increase and you'll just want to be in his presence more and more and more. And trust me, I know this to be true because I've done it myself and I do it myself. So time, that time that with God, and not only just time with God, Because God will give you something to do. He'll give you he'll tell you what you need to do. But it's time and obedience. Whatever God is telling. See, Moses, when God spoke to him, he said, listen, I've he said, I've heard the cry of my people and I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. So what if Moses decided that he wasn't going to do what God told him to do? then the people of God, he would have had to send another deliverer because God's going to get his job done. He would have just chose somebody else, but he chose Moses and, and Moses was obedient to what God t- told him to do. Even though he fought it, he didn't really want to go do it because he didn't have that confidence. But he still went up, went ahead and did what God told him to do. So it's time and obedience, that time in prayer and when God speaks to you going to do what God told you to do. God can give you clarity, vision, peace, understanding, and confidence. And these are all things we need. We need clarity. We need vision. We need peace. We need understanding. And we need confidence. And my friend, you can get all of these things when you spend just a little time with God in prayer. So prayer is the first thing. The second thing is planning and action. Planning and action. Together, these two can have great impact. Some people plan but never act, and some people take action without a plan. Both of these things need to go together. They're like two, like a bird with two wings. You know, if you have, if you have uh, action and you're flapping one wing but you don't have a plan, then you're not going to be able to fly. And if you have planning but no action, you're still just flapping one wing and you're never gonna be able to fly. But when you put both of those things together and you begin to flap both of those wings together, that's when you'll be able to fly. fly. So you have to have planning and you have to have action. I remember when my wife was uh, starting uh, a new business and, and she had this new business idea and she was trying to get her plan together and so she was like, well, what do I do? How do I, what, you know, what do I need to do next? And what do I need to do? And I told her, I said, listen. I told her, I said, she was creating something. And I said, just do one first. Just create one. And so she went into her little office area and she started working on that one particular thing, this invention she had. She started working on, on that one. And when she started working on that one, then up, then she be, then the heavens opened up and she began to work on another and another and another. So she had like 20 or more of those things that she created. But it started with her just planning and then taking action and making one. She had the plan, but she was like, well, how do I get started? And I said, just make one. So sometimes all it takes for you to just take that one step. And when you take that one step, then God will come, will take three steps towards you. And before you know it, you'll be all into whatever it is that God has called you to do. And so we have to have planning and action together in order for us to be able to to move forward in what God has called us to do. Just something, a little planning and a little action can take you a long way. Now, but here's the thing. The two hardest things is, are getting started and finishing, but all it takes is making a decision and taking action. It is hard to get started and sometimes it's hard to finish, but all you have to do is make a decision today that I'm gonna take action and move forward in what God has called me to do. And the last thing, it may seem like a little thing, but it's very powerful, is the Word of God. Just a little of the Word of God can impact our whole thinking it's just 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 you, you start reading that studying that Bible and reading your Bible just a little bit somebody some people never take time out to, to just get into your word you know I, I you know and I'm not saying anything wrong with it but a lot of times I hear a lot of believers say well pastor said this and pastor said this and pastor said that and that's a blessing to hear what you to repeat what your pastor said but what do you know about the word yourself What about when you get in trouble? What about when things get tough on you and and you need to know the word of God for yourself? You understand what I'm saying? There's going to come a time when you you may not be able to remember what pastor said and you need to have the word of God for yourself. So if you just take time just to get a little bit of the word every day, just start, uh, you know, uh, meditating on it every day and just meditating on a little bit of the word of God then you'll be you'll see a great difference in your life because the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any any two edged sword. You understand what I'm saying? This word is alive. And so when we get into this word and we just absorb it and we eat it and we partake of it, you know, it's going to change your life. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He speaks to us through his word. It's the covenant that he's given us. And so we we can't take it for granted. This word that he's given us. We need to pick our Bibles up and we need to begin to understand what God has said about us. See, you're not going to know who you are and understand your purpose until you get into the word of God. The word of God tells you who what God says about you and who he called you to be. You understand. And you see other uh, stories in here, uh, you know, about people who went through things, but they overcame. And so the word of God is very powerful. It was just three words that Jesus spoke that changed our lives forever. And those words were, it is finished. Jesus spoke those three words. When he died on that cross, he said before he, before he gave up the ghost, the Bible says, he says that he said, it is finished. And when he said that, we were, we were set free from sin. We have been delivered. He said he came. The Bible says that they sent, he was sent here to die for our sins. And so when he gave up the ghost and said, it is finished, we have the veil was torn and now we're able to have fellowship with God because Jesus gave his life for you and me. So the word of God is there to change our lives. It's the little things that make all the difference in the world. And I wanna wanna offer you something today. This is not a little thing. This is a very big thing that can change your life. And I don't wanna minimize it. But salvation, when you allow Christ to come into your heart, can change everything. It can change everything about how you're living, about how you're thinking, about who who you are and who you think you are. God God wants to show you your identity. He wants to show you who you are so that you can fulfill your purpose while you're down here on this planet. And so today, I wanna offer Christ to you for you to receive him into your heart. So I want you to take the time right now, put everything down, put your plate down, whatever you're doing right now, and take time to pray this prayer with me me if you wanna receive him in your heart. And say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I I ask you right now to come into my heart. I believe that your son Jesus came to the earth. He died. He was buried. And he rose on the third day. Now, Lord, come into my heart. Live big in me change me, renew me, restore me, and refresh me. Lord, I renounce all sin in my life. I'm no longer that old man. I'm no longer gonna live like I used to live, but I'm walking with you now. Lord, I thank you today that you are coming into my heart, and that you're doing the new thing in me. Lord, thank you today in Jesus name. Amen. Well, my friends, if you prayed that prayer with me, you are now a son or daughter of God. You're a part of the family. And so from this point on, don't look back at the past, don't look at look back at what you did last night or last week or whenever the case may be, but focus on the present. And your future. God has a great future for you. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So you are a new creature today and we want to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to thank you for tuning in today to the Kingdom Rock Network. We are impacting people all over the world for the glory of God. So we thank you today and we want to see you next time. We're going to see you next time on the Kingdom Rock Network. Be blessed. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at KingdomRock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.